what's some advice for the chronic advice <laughs> giver that we have? <laughs> okay, so. Welcome to Marriage Talk. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Valerie. And we want to say thanks for joining us today. And we are going to be talking about chronic advice givers here <laughs> today. Right. And, and I mean, not just the person with some advice here and there. Like, that can be okay and engaging and helpful. Yeah. We mean kind of the, the people or the person that they just can't help themselves but, you know, give advice. Uh, so much so that really it, it begins to drive people away in the end. It makes them frustrated. It makes people really not look forward to having a conversation. Yeah, not fun. Not fun at all. Now, I would say that I, you know, I wasn't really a chronic advice giver. <laughs> Didn't quite dip the scale. No, I think I can I can say that I, yeah. because we're saying chronic. We're being very clear that it, yes. we're talking about chronic yeah, this advice. this is an ongoing problem, not just a once in a while thing. Right, but it definitely was my default uh, before I learned new strategies and applied the new strategies I learned throughout some conversations. Yeah, me too, and, and I can relate to that. Sometimes it's very tempting to just want to give some advice. Yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> We're going to get into that a, a little bit later. We'll yeah. share uh, kind of our struggle, what we've learned, how we've adapted through this a little bit uh, here today on the podcast. But before we jump into the chronic advice giving conversation, I want to say welcome home. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, you just <laughs> have returned from a spiritual retreat. You were away for a few nights, a few days or... Two days. Two days? Yeah. Yeah. How was it? Yeah. What did you do this time? In the previous time, we shared how we did like silence. Yeah, last year it was right. um, two days of, of silence, of not talking or having any music or anything. It was silence. It was, and that was an awesome experience. This time I did not do that. And not that I talked to myself, but I, I have a ba- an app. <laughs> talk <laughs> to you. You have an app that talks to you? Yeah. <laughs> This is news to oh me. Oh my, I have a Bible <laughs> app and I often listen to my Bible reading because I find it impacts me more. It's like a story mm. I'm hearing when I listen to it on the app. And so I really enjoy that. And so I did listen to my Bible reading on the app. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, yeah, it wasn't a silent retreat like last time, but it was, it was wonderful. I had two full days. Um, I did spend 24 hours just in fasting and prayer, mm. which was fantastic. But the rest of the time, it was just prayer and, or um, yeah, prayer, not fasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just having that quiet time to mm. just be with the Lord, to worship Him. That's why I did listen to some worship music and just sat uh, in at the backyard of the cabin, which has got tons of trees and birds. The birds are very loud. So you go back <laughs> there, you feel like you're just surrounded by birds and squirrels. That's and awesome. Yeah, it's just neat to just sit in God's creation. And thankfully, it was very quiet. There wasn't a lot of people around, which was nice to mm-hmm. just have that away from other voices kind yeah. of time. It's close to the lake, so I did walk down to the lake and literally it was it was beautiful weather, so I could just literally lay in the water. I swam quite a ways out and I just floated for like an hour, <laughs> which was wonderful. It yeah. was just awesome to just lay in the water and float. That's awesome. And so, yeah, it was a wonderful time and it was interesting after my time of fasting, just just hearing from the Lord that 
you know, it, it, it wasn't about the fasting. It's about the heart posture right. of coming right. to the Lord with that posture of being eager and hungry to hear from God, to be in God's presence. And though fasting is great and it is a spiritual discipline mm -hmm. and there's benefit to it, that for me in that situation, it, it, God was just teaching me it's about the heart posture. And I can, I can do that at any point in time. I don't have to be fasting in order to experience that. And so that was just, um, just a neat thing that got impressed on my heart for me in that moment. And uh, yeah, I, I read through some of the Psalms. I wrote out prayers for everyone in our family based mm. on some of the Psalms. And it was just neat how God provided the right Psalm for each person. Mm. It just seemed to fit that yeah. person. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was a wonderful time. It was very blessed. And yeah, just came away just feeling like my cup was full mm. and just got to spend that time with, with my father and just being hmm. instead of doing which was wonderful yeah yeah that's yeah. so good so good so thank you to my sister and yep. uh, my brother in law or our brother-in-law <laughs> uh who own a cabin who yeah. give us this opportunity to head out there and have a few days in their cabin just to be in silence and or alone i guess yeah, more alone than the, with god in silence being alone with god but uh but anyways welcome home Thank so you. glad to have you back and doing life with my best friend again. And you were missed. Uh, well, I you missed were you guys. greatly missed yeah. around the house. But, <laughs> Just uh, around the house. No, and in person, <laughs> and in person. But, oh boy. Yeah. You know what? Let's just move on. Yeah, I before... feel like you could end up digging yourself a hole <laughs> yeah, I here. Like, I feel like I could. I'm going to take some advice and just move on and talk about chronic advice givers uh -huh. since that's what we want to talk about uh, here today. And we thought with the topic of chronic advice giving that we would do some research into some bad advice that's out there on the internet. There's and quite a bit, surprisingly, there, there, or maybe not surprisingly. I don't think that's surprising. Yeah. <laughs> bad advice. Yeah, there's quite a quite a few bad ones out there, but we have a few of our highlights that we yeah. thought were pretty funny. We want to share that before jumping into the topic. Here's one that we found. Uh, invest in DVDs. Because you can pawn them for cash when you need money later on. <laughs> Not sure how that qualifies and is an investment, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, from a, a father, he said to his son, "Don't go to the doctor's office if you only have one problem. Wait until you have four or five. That's how you get the most bang for your buck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just wait for seeing the doctor there. Here's another good one. Uh, if you run out of dishwashing detergent, just substitute it with regular dish soap. That is a big mistake that you're only going to make once. <laughs> Can you imagine? I think it would be like a foam factory. You know, those those toys that just make foam yeah. for you to play in? Yeah. That would be in your kitchen. Just yeah. right there. Just this foam so factory. Good. Yeah. There's actually a little piece of me that... That wants to try this. Like, I actually want to see what would happen. Tell you what, you can do that and then I'll get my new kitchen. There, yeah. I'm not sure if that's how insurance works, but uh, we can see. Anyways, we have one more. Last one. Follow your heart. And the person added, sometimes my heart is stupid and I should listen to my brain instead. Yeah. And you know what? That's actually good advice. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, the follow your heart is the bad part because, yeah, 
Yeah. That's what the they're follow saying. The follow-up was the good advice. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Anyways, those are a few that, that jumped out at us that we wanted to share that we thought were pretty funny. There's some other advice. I mean, there's advice all throughout Scripture for us, but we read in Proverbs uh, chapter 18, verse 2, we read that a fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but delights in sharing their own opinions. Now that that one stings. It does. That, that one when yeah. we that wasn't like <laughs> advice to like get us excited and motivated here today. That one if we pause and think about that one, that one really really stings a little bit yeah. and when we bring it into marriage and parenting, we have to ask ourselves like are we acting like fools who don't want to understand? Yeah. But really just wanting to tell people our opinions. Yeah, it's true. And we probably all know this and that it is true, but there is that temptation to just tell someone Mm. to skip that, that step of finding pleasure in understanding, right? Especially when it comes to our spouse and our kids, we'd rather do that than do the hard work of, of thinking and asking some, some thoughtful questions to get to that true understanding versus just hearing a surface level little bit Mm-hmm. and jumping in with telling them what to do that mm-hmm. that that urge can be really strong and mm-hmm. it can be hard to resist right and so yeah we know we can relate to that totally hard to re- yeah we can relate to it and for me it was it's time right sometimes it's just easier just to tell people how to do it or to tell yeah. our kids right because that's what we're alluding to here is or just spouse. or our spouse how to tell them how to do it and then I don't have to take time and listen or show them or and we're going to unpack that a little bit here today uh, with that so with this topic of chronic advice giving how does this affect marriages kind of like why is this a problem what are some thoughts that you have there and we'll go back and forth yeah I think that a huge piece is that we can miss each other we Mm. can miss our kids or there's that misunderstanding because we're not actually doing that hard work of of truly understanding Mm. we're hearing a little bit we're filling in the assumptions and we're jumping to a conclusion which which is a big problem which can also you know it can rob our spouse or our kids of finding the answer or doing the hard work themselves And, and that's a little bit here as well as if we just give them the answer they don't learn that muscle of struggling through or the muscle of even persevering through a hard task or doing the internal work if it's an emotional thing. So we kind of rob them of being able to find the answer, which is a muscle that then can be used so many in other areas of our life of how to dig through, how to ask questions of our own selves, how to stay persistent in certain things. So I think, you know, it affects it by robbing our spouse and our kids of teaching them how to find the own answers for themselves. Yeah. Another thing, and this would be in the workforce as well as with our kids or with our spouse, we can end up making people dependent Hmm. on us, right? Instead of having competent, confident people who have those skills that you just talked about to problem solve, to critically think, to process information Hmm. and not just absorb everything that comes our way, Mm -hmm. but they have those skills and they've consistently used them, we, we can end up having 
people around us that are constantly dependent on us, mm-hmm. which isn't healthy no. in relationships. No, no. And, and then rather than them answering the question or doing things, they're just coming to the person to solve it for them. And we see this a lot in parenting where yeah. a kid just, a child will just ask a question and, and a parent will just jump in and do things for them. Or tell them exactly or, what they need to do. Or tell them yeah. what they need to do versus helping them and coming alongside them and helping them work through those situations, which again, then they become dependent on us. Uh, which is what you were saying there. So. Yeah, I have a funny memory from when I was really little. My my mom's mom, my grandma Rose, she died when I was quite young. But I have a very vivid memory of something in, in their old house on the old farm. And there was this brand new paintbrush. And it had this pa- plastic sleeve to keep all the bristles nice and neat and tidy. Okay. And I had slipped it off. And I was trying to figure out how to get it on. And I kept trying to go back the way it came off from Mm. the bristles and I couldn't get them all in nice and neat (laughs) makes sense and you know what she just said you can figure it out you're smart and it took me a while but I realized that if I went from the bottom and slid it up every all the bristles were neat and tidy and the sleeve was back where it was supposed to be Mm. but that was such a impactful moment in my very young brain of I can figure this out it might Mm. take me a minute and I really appreciated that later on in life uh, about my grandma and the short time that I did have with her because like I said she passed when I was still young Mm. but that that confidence Mm -hmm. that saying like you know what maybe it's a struggle but you can do this Mm -hmm. I have faith that you can figure it out which is pretty cool yeah now was she laughing while you're watching or while she was watching no, you do it as she well. was like, not. Because she... it could also just be comic relief as we watch people <laughs> struggle. She was very sweet. She was not laughing. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. I think, you know, and, and one more here as to how this really can affect marriages is it can make our spouse feel inferior to the other spouse, which really could create some frustration yeah. in the relationship. Like there's some sort of hierarchy going yeah, power on. power dynamic. Yeah. And that's not healthy. So that's some of the how this affects marriage. What about the why? (laughs) Why do we do this as people? (laughs) We did a little bit of research and we found a few reasons why people might love to give advice. Mm -hmm. One of them was that it might be that we truly do love to help people. Mm -hmm. And we don't have ulterior motives. We just don't realize how our unsolicited advice comes off we think we're being helpful but it can actually be hurtful yeah for some people they didn't feel their ideas were validated as a child and so now as an adult they're meeting that need to have their ideas heard and validated and and so it's almost like you know picture that pendulum and it's not being you're not being heard as a child and now you're an adult and you've swung it so far the other way where it's like I had lots of ideas as a child. I had lots of good ideas as a child. No one listened. But now that I'm an adult, mm-hmm. I I get to make sure everyone knows that I have good advice. And for some, this also could even really be that family of origin because this is what you've seen in adults. Yeah. Maybe your parents didn't listen to your advice or or cons- um, seek your advice or even just hear validate you your ideas. Va- there it is. Yeah. yeah. Validate your ideas. And so now you don't, you haven't seen that 
practice. And so therefore, now that you're an adult, you're like, okay, so as as an adult, this is what you do as an adult is you just give chronic advice. Yep. And everyone just falls in line because you're the adult and therefore everyone should just come in line with that. And so again, there could be some family of origin thing that is being played out now as an adult for us to really unpack. And this is what's driving the kind of the why behind some people are chronic advice givers. True. For some, giving advice makes them feel important, mm. right? It makes us feel powerful. It's it's feeling or meeting an insecurity mm-hmm. in our own lives. And in a sense, it's kind of... Um, feeding or satisfying our our ego that feels like it's lacking so that could be one of the reasons Mm. yeah this one this next one here as we're researching through it uh, this one this one resonates with me even the one that you just shared there i would say that's part of a little bit of my life there it made me feel important uh if i were to give advice and especially if it was listened to even better yeah but there is this that that's really you know i was fighting for significance and i felt that if i gave advice i'm going to gain that significance and the research is also showing for some it's a way that they need to prove themselves that they can deal with the other person's problems better than that they can deal with their own problems and and i would also maybe even lean towards they can avoid their own problems yeah. because then they're dealing with everyone else's and and i'm so selfless because i'm dealing with everyone else's problems and that i don't have time or energy to deal with my own and <laughs> i just get to push them away yeah and so not that I would push my problems away. I would just say for me, it was a little bit of that proving myself as well, like yeah. proving my significance through giving advice, proving that I am smart. Uh, those would be two things uh, for me, why I was always wanting to give advice versus doing some of the harder work, which we'll get into a little bit later here. But for me, those are these are two things that I really relate to. Yeah, and you really touched on the next one, which was a need to show intelligence and right. and knowledge on a specific topic. And, and and it does feel good to help people, right? And yeah. sometimes it, it is out of that desire of like, I really enjoy helping people. That could be one of our love languages, right? Yeah. Acts of service. And we feel like giving this advice yeah. is an act of service. Wait, is, can, I, can I get away with that? <laughs> no, you can't. Uh, because I was like, when you it's just... <laughs> chronic, when it's unsolicited, when you're constantly just okay. telling people what to do, yeah. that's not helpful. Yeah. And that's really what we're talking about here is the, the chronic advice, the unsolicited advice yeah. giving that is not a love language, right? Like that, like, yeah, yeah. no, <laughs> it could be driven by a need for emotional validation right yeah, so right. in us we, we 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 want to be validated and so we're, we're trying to give advice so people will validate us based on our knowledge and advice and all those things so mm-hmm. when you're in a conversation with somebody and they're tipping the scales towards that chronic advice giver what does that do for for you or how do you we'll talk about how to handle it but like what's going on in, in that conversation for you For me, if it's unsolicited, if it's chronic, if they haven't really done the work to listen and understand, it just feels very kind of pompous, right? Like, I know what you need. Let me tell you what you need to do. But 
99.9% of the time they haven't done like I said the work to understand so they're missing the mark mm. and so they're saying you need to do this but they're way off base because that's not even the real issue and right. so it just feels like you have totally not been seen not been heard mm. and uh, and they're just kind of being bossy telling okay. you what to do yeah for me I depending on the situation and what's going on sometimes I can dig in my heels and I can I can kind of bite back a little bit on the <laughs> advice I'm not afraid to do that other times I just stop listening yeah. and I just ignore yeah, that's true. the advice that's coming cuz uh, it's almost like here we go again this person didn't even hear me all right, I'll just get through this conversation and uh, if it's on the phone, I can hang up on the phone and I can go about my day or I can come talk to you and be like, this is what this person did again. <laughs> uh, but for me, I just, I really just tuned that person out and they could have really, really good advice, but because they didn't take the time to ask a question or to validate or to have a conversation, I'm just like, I wasn't looking for that, the unsolicited piece. And you know, that that's not saying it's right how I just kind of shut down. There are, you know, I could have some honest conversations and those things like that. And I have, but that's what goes on in, if someone jumps to that chronic advice giving with me, I've, I've noticed that's been my tendency or can be my tendency as well. For sure. All right. So we have talked about some of the ways that chronic unsolicited advice, how it affects us. We've talked about some of the reasons why people would do this and, mm -hmm. and act this way or tip the scales towards being like that. Let's talk about how do we deal with it in ourselves uh, or how do we deal with it if, if we're married to somebody and have a spouse who is the chronic advice giver. So we kind of have two situations here going on. Yeah. Let's narrow it down. Let's talk about if we are the chronic advice giver first. What would we say to that? So I guess, what's some advice for the chronic advice <laughs> giver that we have? Okay, so this is not unsolicited. Yeah. Unsolicited right. is the right word, yep. yeah. You asked for it, yeah, so yeah. therefore... I'm not being a chronic advice giver right now, right? I guess not. <laughs> and the yeah, let's 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 move on. Let, uh, yeah, that's good. Okay, okay. So we uh, we could ask our spouse and kids if they feel hmm. like we are being a chronic advice giver, mm -hmm. right? Like like if we actually hear them, if we actually take the time to understand them, the situation, what's truly going on, mm -hmm. or if we are just quick to rush to a solution and tell them what to do, mm -hmm. right? That there's a good way to check mm -hmm. if they feel safe enough to be honest with us. And then we could ask them to hold us accountable, yeah. right? To, to tell us when we're tipping the scales into that, to, to have that freedom and that safety within the relationship right. that at any point you can say, you know what, we're heading into that you yeah. know, chronic advice giving. Yeah, you're doing it again. Yeah. 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 Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't what I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. But it, you have to have a safe relationship to be able to, to have that. And I think, as you just said, asking that from our spouse or our kids to hold us accountable, that's creating that safety because you're inviting them to do it. And you're saying this, I really want you to hold me accountable. Yeah, so and I, it is critical that, especially when we have asked for that and, and at any point, but to receive that, right? Mm. Instead of getting defensive, instead of trying to defend ourselves and justify, mm -hmm. we need to take a deep breath and say, thank you. <laughs> thank you for telling me. This is something I'm working on. Yeah. I asked you to help me. 
Thank you right. for pointing that out. So good. So good. One of the things, and this is what I've learned and continue to learn in my life uh, when it comes to how to not give unsolicited uh, advice and yeah. not to always be an advice giver, but I really have learned and practiced to begin with a question rather than a statement inside that conversation that I'm having. So I could ask whether it be I'm talking with you, whether I'm talking with our kids, a coworker, you know, what could you do about this? So like we're having a conversation right. and I just launch it back. Like, what could you do about this? Uh, is there something that you're looking for from me? And so there's another question. Now I'm going to start figuring out why they came to me. Did they come right. to me for advice? Am I just a sounding board today? Am I like, what's going on? So what is it that you're looking for from me? Maybe I'll even ask for permission. So before I give advice, I could ask a question of, hey, could I offer a suggestion or are you looking for suggestions? Again, I'm starting to clarify what is happening inside this conversation. So good. I could say things like, that sounds really hard. What is one thing that you could do to handle the problem? So now I'm actually throwing it back over to the person that's come to me. And I've just really found that question asking, it really empowers the other person. Uh, it really helps them to process what's going on. And then I have found that it actually has led to better relationships as then they feel safe to continue to come to me, to continue to come and talk about things because I'm not just going to throw a bunch of advice at them or a bunch of words. Yeah. And I honestly think that then they feel validated oh, sure. and heard and all the things that I'm trying to do to and empowered. and empowered which is all the things I'm trying to do to create a, a, a deeper relationship. Yeah, and, and again, helping them to use their skills, mm. um, use their 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 God-given abilities to do those things and see the world and all those things. And there, there's a, a great, really old saying, right? The give a person a fish and you feed them for a day. Yeah. Teach a person to fish and you feed them for a lifetime. Yeah. And, and it, as much as it's old and everybody's heard it, it's really true. Right. Right? Are, are we equipping people so that they have the skills and ability or are we making them dependent on us right. or or resentful of us because yeah. we're not actually listening and right. hearing and understanding what's yeah. really going on. Well, going back to your the grandma story that you shared, like your grandma totally empowered you. Yeah. Right? And totally said, all validated you. You're a smart girl, you can figure this out. Yeah. I'm not going to step in. You know, this isn't, no one's going to die if you can't figure this out in the next hour kind yeah. of thing, right? Like I'm going to let you work through and struggle through. And, and your gr grandma in that moment was teaching you some major life skills that yeah. you can carry through that you can figure things out. You can navigate and try and fail, but then try again and learn yeah. it. And and that doesn't mean that we don't help. Like, like if, right. if there's been some videos where, you know, a, a parent will videotape their child yeah. trying to like do something ridiculous, like open a, a can with a can opener and they literally let them struggle for an hour and kind of laugh at them and then right. they post it online. That is no. not at all what we're talking about. That's just humiliating. And so it, it's mean spirited as much as 
maybe their their heart was because they thought it was funny, but you're really humiliating mm. your child versus if I had gone to my grandma and said, Grandma, can you please help me? I, I don't know how. I know she would have helped me. Mm. I know she would have pointed me in the right direction. And so that's not what we're talking about. Mm. If our child does come to us, to to help them and guide them and and yeah. all those good things yeah. it was just that she didn't jump in and say this is what you have to do right right and so we're not saying don't help right or if if there is a struggle and they come to you for advice right to to not give it that's right. not at all no. what we're saying yeah and i even think in in the grandma example there she could have said hey valerie is there another way that you could put that plastic piece on yeah. the on the brush yeah guiding leaving some breadcrumbs for me to That's follow right. to get just to kind the of right. bringing you along right <laughs> yeah. to help you navigate through again a question posed and if you still can and at the very end and it's still then maybe yeah she helps you with the hand and, and shows you and anyways i just think there's some questions though to help us navigate through that so that would be some of the things if we are the chronic advice giver those are just some thoughts that, that could help us what if our spouse is the chronic advice advice giver uh, what can we do with that what are your thoughts uh i think and we say this a lot but uh be proactive mm. have the honest conversation yeah. about what's going on in your relationship and and how you're feeling yes. about it right some people are facts people some people are more feelings people and yeah. and that and we doesn't just process make it, life that way. Exactly. Right. And so a fact person might be more prone to just wanting to fix everything, right? Yeah. How do you fix it? Usually with advice, right? <laughs> <laughs> instead of... Makes sense to me. <laughs> instead of validating the feelings, hearing the person, understanding yeah. the person. And so to have that conversation, if, if you are more prone or bent to naturally going towards the facts or the feelings, to, to bring that to light, to bring that awareness, because mm -hmm. awareness is the first step in change, mm -hmm. in growing, and in those kinds of things. So I think the having the honest conversation, being proactive, like you talked about, asking those those questions, mm -hmm. you could suggest those kinds of things to your spouse to help them because they might just, it might be a really difficult thing for them to comprehend. And so having some suggestions ready of things that they can do mm. to help as you guys move forward. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yeah, have the honest conversation. I think you've summarized it really, really well of what how to how to go about that and and the reasons for and, and some great approaches for that. I think we also need to understand that, you know, sometimes our spouse means well and is truly wanting to help. They're not trying to push us away or to make us feel unvalidated, but they they're just they're trying to help and and that's where they think the advice is helping and move it forward i think we can also validate the advice giver yeah. and even if it's a chronic advice giver yeah. like like we can also do a little piece here as well and say things like hey i thanks for the advice that that actually wasn't really what i was looking for right now or yeah i was looking for a safe place yeah. to share my feelings uh, to externally process what's going on yeah yeah or you know thanks for thanks for sharing that advice actually i did have some ideas for myself that i actually wanted to bounce off you to see how that was going to work so I think we can also validate 
the chronic advice giver in in some of it. Yeah, especially when it's coming from a place of wanting to help and a, of love. Right. Not those other things that we talked about earlier. Right. Right. And so there is kind of this narrow road of trying to balance this out because it is also hard to do that because if we're married to a chronic advice giver, there's often times where we will feel unseen and we'll feel unvalidated and we'll feel like we're just constantly being brushed aside. And then that may make us feel like we're not going to go talk to our spouse and or our kids aren't going to come talk to us. And then it really begins to rip apart at the fabric, at the oneness of marriage that we're trying to build together. Mm-hmm. Or, the, or the relationship with our kids, right? Like if our kids constantly feel like we just tell them what we think they need to do versus being a place to help them develop those skills of problem solving yeah chances are they're not going to come to us they're going to go to a friend yeah and so throughout this like i hope our listeners know that we are not talking about you know normal suggestions advice plan making (laughs) not navigating marriage and relationships like that stuff has to still happen. Yep. And there has to be those conversations and those back and forths. Uh, today, we were really focused on the chronic advice giver, that unsolicited advice that we're not looking for. And it could be ourselves. It could be from our spouse. You know what? Even our kids could start already be chronic advice givers. And so (laughs) that's really the focus that we want it to take here. And we hope that we've provided some reasons, potential reasons why for us to navigate through and some motives uh, uh, that causes those things just just a starting point of thinking through am i a chronic advice giver is is my spouse and starting uh, to start that that processing or thinking yeah because in marriage we do have to be free to talk about things uh to to have that back and forth uh, to help one another in a respectful way to find the best solutions and and to get to that place where we're we're having win-win solutions. And we've talked about that on the podcast before. I, I think it was episode eight. But because in marriage we are one, we do have to figure this out together. And so that is really important. But if one of us always feels the need to tell the other person what to do, to give that unsolicited advice, or that their suggested way is the way that we always mm. have to go, or that we're gaining our value from being that advice giver, right? If that's where we're getting our our validation and um, our self-worth, mm-hmm. right? Then that's not a healthy situation. We need to figure out why mm-hmm. and also how we can move forward. Right, right. I love how King Solomon wrote in Proverbs 20, chapter 20, verse 5, we read, A person's thoughts are like water in a deep well, but someone with insight can draw them out. So good. Ah, I love that that verse. Like, are we willing to put in the work and have the self-control to be that person who draws out of our spouse uh, and our kids, uh, draw out their thoughts, their own God-given potential, their creativity, their personality? Mm-hmm. Or are we more likely just to take a shortcut and just tell them what we think they need and what we think that they should do. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that there uh, with that. And we also wanted to share t- 
two quotes that we, we I love quotes. <laughs> we, we well, we both love quotes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, why don't you share the first quote? Sure. Nancy Willard. She says this: "Answers are closed rooms, and questions are open doors that invite us in." Mm. So good. Uh, another quote that we want to share, and this is uh, another favorite of mine. That's from Michael Bungay, and he writes, uh, talk less, ask more. Your advice isn't as good as you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that one. I've really, I've literally said that when I'm in a conversation with yeah. someone, not out loud. I've said in it in head. my own yeah. head. Yeah. Like, stop. Don't give advice here, Sheldon. Yeah. Ask a question. Talk less. Ask more. Literally, I've said that. <laughs> Your advice that. is not as good as you think it is. <laughs> yeah, literally, I've said yeah. that to myself. It's good. It's good advice. <laughs> it is. It, it is really good advice. So you know what? That's some of our thoughts on chronic advice givers. Uh, but how about you? How does this resonate with you? As always, we end Marriage Talk with some processing questions for us all to think about. And, uh, and Valerie, why don't you throw out some questions for us here today? Sure. How is advice giving handled in your relationship? On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being helpful and 10 being not helpful, where would you place your advice giving in your relationship? If you're a chronic advice giver, why do you think that is? If your spouse is a chronic advice giver, why do you think that is? What does a conversation about this topic look like in your relationship? We hope you'll enjoy processing those questions. Thanks again for joining us this week, and we will talk with you next week. Bye.